This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 8th of May. In your Squiz today, millions of Aussies get a budget bonus, two different reactions to gun violence, the COVID emergency is over, and a coronation recap. This is your Squiz today. Claire, do you remember on Friday when I said that the announcement of aged care costings might be one of the last pre-budget announcements and you laughed? (laughs) Well, you were right, Claire. I do remember that. I remember that very clearly. (laughs) Egg on my face. We have had even more pre-budget announcements over the weekend. Yeah, so the budget is on Tuesday night and our treasurer, Jim Chalmers, isn't waiting until then. Uh, (laughs) Over the weekend, we heard that around five and a half million Australians are going to be getting some kind of cash back to help ease their electricity costs. The actual amount that people will get back will depend on their circumstances. Uh, But for those in most need, the rebate uh, could apparently be as much as $500. Uh, We also heard that there's going to be adjustments to the petroleum resource rent tax. I dare you to say that five times over your cornflakes this morning. (laughs) Uh, It will mean that the federal government collects an extra $2.4 billion in tax over four years from the gas industry. And you would think that the gas industry would be pretty unhappy about that extra tax, but the peak body for the sector came out and said the tax tweak has the right aim and will allow their industry to plan ahead with greater certainty. Now, Claire, we have also heard whispers that this budget will actually deliver a surplus. Yeah, and on a TV appearance on Sunday, Jim Chalmers made a small slip of the tongue. Mm. He said the word surplus rather than revenue (laughs) uh, in an answer, and that led commentators to say that he clearly has got a surplus on the mind. (laughs) Uh, If there is a surplus in the budget, it'll be due to the high coal and iron ore prices that our producers have seen. But even more than that, it would be due to the really high employment rate, also with wages rising, which means uh, really a bit of an income tax bonanza for the federal government over the last period of time. Uh, Meanwhile, we're hearing a bit of a preview of the coalition attack lines against Labor coming into this budget. Angus Taylor, who is the coalition's Treasury spokesman, claimed that the Albanese government hasn't done enough to bring inflation down, and he says that government spending will only keep it high. We are, of course, seeing pessimism about the economy across the globe with a lot of countries facing high inflation and central banks across the world trying to slow down the rate of spending using interest rates. Jim Chalmers is expected to predict a slowing economy in this budget, and he is not alone. And don't forget about the US debt ceiling crisis, which we expect to continue this week. There should be a meeting between Joe Biden and his Republican antagonist, Kevin McCarthy, about the US's looming debt ceiling in the middle of this week. We are 128 days into this year and the US has had at least 199 mass shootings. The latest was a shooting in a crowded mall in Dallas, Texas that has claimed the lives of at least nine people. 
The gunman in this case was killed by a police officer who was already at the scene. It's the second major tragedy to happen in Texas in a week. That was after a man killed five of his neighbours in a dispute. The state governor there is a guy called Greg Abbott. He called the latest attack an unspeakable tragedy, but he hasn't committed to gun control measures. And that's an issue that critics say is because the state has some of the loosest laws in America. America, and it's a state that just isn't for changing them. But in Serbia, uh, which is a really interesting opposing case, mm. uh, it's seen two separate mass shootings in the past week. It has very high rates of gun ownership and the Serbian president has promised new gun laws to disarm the country. Yeah, and like you said, Claire, Serbia does have high rates of gun ownership, nothing compared to America, but still I think they have the third highest rate of gun ownership in the world. Mm. And the president of Serbia has announced an almost total disarmament, in his words, of the country. Claire, this is an ongoing story that we mentioned when it started, but we're now coming to the end of the civil trial of Donald Trump in New York on allegations of battery and defamation relating to a claim that he raped the magazine writer E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, Carroll tells the story of a surprise meeting with Trump that was in a New York department store in the mid-1990s. Mm. She says it ended with Trump pushing her into a change room and raping her. Uh, that's the battery part of the case, uh, which Trump has denied. He called Carol a whack job and mentally sick for making those claims. And that's the defamation part of the case. Uh, Over the course of the trial, we've also heard emotional testimony from Carol, including the fact that she hasn't had a romantic relationship since then. And there's also been friends of Carol's who said that she told them about the alleged rape at the time. Now, we haven't yet heard from Trump and we're not sure if we will. There has been a bit of back and forth about whether the former president will testify in the case. If he is going to testify, we should know this morning. Otherwise, the trial will go to closing arguments today. It's rare to get a good development about COVID, Claire, but over the weekend, the World Health Organization has announced the end of the emergency declaration around the coronavirus. The WHO bosses Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Uh, he made that declaration on the weekend, but he also said that the end of the emergency doesn't mean the end of COVID. He says that the worst thing any country can do now is to use this news as some sort of reason to let their guard down, mm. uh, to dismantle or the systems that they've built or to send a message to their people that COVID-19 is nothing to worry about. Dr Tedros also took the moment to reflect on the toll of COVID over the more than three years since we've had that emergency declaration in place. He estimates the global death toll of COVID to be around 20 million people. In Australia, we've had over 11 million confirmed cases and 20,119 deaths. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. 
Claire, it finally happened. Charles had his big day. And while the coronation was ostensibly about Charles and his crown, a lot of the post-coronation debrief and gossip has not really been about him at all. <laughs> no, Charles hasn't had much of a mention in any <laughs> of it about what he wore or how he looked or mm. whether he's a fashion icon. That has uh, really rested with the women that were very prominent in the event. Mm. Uh, Camilla's crowning was a bit of a moment. There were concerns uh, from some who said that her crown didn't look like it fitted. She certainly seemed to bit tentative about it. Uh, Many noted that she also had the representation of two dogs on her gown. Uh, It's said that they were for her Jack Russell Terriers who were watching on at home. Uh, Princess Kate, she was always going to be in focus. Mm. Uh, She seemed to come out of it with her fashion icon status just enhanced. Uh, And then there was Penny Morden. She's a Conservative Party politician. She's the Lord President of the Council, which is kind of the body that functions between the government and the Crown, Uh, and her role was to hold a couple of very heavy ceremonial swords for ages. She did that in a very stately-looking dress, and she became a bit of a global hit. I liked Penny Morden's comment that she got ready for the event by doing some (laughs) press-ups. Overnight, there's also the big Coronation concert featuring Lionel Richie and Katy Perry. That will air in Australia tonight. And, of course, there was heaps going on at the coronation, more than we can talk about, so I will put a link to an excellent photo gallery in the episode notes. Squiz the day, Claire. The festivities keep on rolling, this time in New York for the start of the Westminster Dog Show today. Yep, you fooled into thinking it's in London. It's actually in the United (laughs) States. Uh, This is a bit of a favourite, so some dog-related stories will be coming your way this week for sure. Uh, It's a very good balance for Budget Week, I reckon. Yes, a big week for news junkies and dog lovers alike. My recommendation for you today is to sign up to our Squiz Today newsletter. It's what we have covered in the podcast and more and there's links to great stuff to click and read some more on the stories that interest you head to thesquiz.com.au to sign up there's also a link to that in the show notes that's it for today we'll be back with you tomorrow Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month, and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women, and together, honour their legacies.